This episode is sponsored by Surfshark. Surfshark is a virtual private network available as an easy to use app and web browser extension. It allows you to access websites and content that you would have otherwise not have been able to see from your own country. So let's just say you wanted to watch the Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley fight on the Showtime network. You, being in the UK potentially, could switch to America and watch it. It also encrypts your data, which adds an extra layer of security so that all of your activity is hidden and your personal information is safe. So click the link in the description below and use the code Jody to get 83% off and three months extra free. Enjoy the podcast. At one time I was homeless. Instead of going home every night, there was no home to go to. Life at home was very difficult. I grew up being abused. I lost my belt. I lost respect. I embarrassed my family. My vision was pretty much non-existent. I was able to just about scrape by the medicals. I come out, I have supreme confidence, and I'm scared to death. And I'm afraid of everything. I didn't care about living, I just wanted to die. I got up and I felt the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. I knew I was going to make a comeback. Fighting, this was designed for me. This is what makes us who we are. Who the fuck is that? I'm so far ahead of this game. My dream, my vision for myself is to be the greatest martial artist to ever live. I have always been a fighter. There's nothing I do better in this life than fighting. There ain't never been a man that could better me. I was born to do this. Nobody can get close. I'm the best fighter in the world. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that ever been. Hey, Jake. What up, bro? How are you? I'm all right, bro. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. Enjoying... Enjoying the last couple of days of camp here. Yeah, yeah. Where, uh, whereabouts are you? Miami, yeah. I'm in uh, Puerto Rico. Fuck, you're still in Puerto Rico with Logan. Yeah, yeah. He lives right across the street. Fucking hell, man. This is mad. Okay, I better set this shit up. Uh, this is episode one of a brand new podcast that I'm starting called the Pain Game Podcast, which is devoted to fighting. So naturally. You know, I found the biggest, meanest Disney Channel star I could find. And uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I found one of the most talked about motherfuckers on, in the fight game. And uh, crazily, you're about to fight Tyron Woodley. And back when uh, you started this journey fighting Deji, when I interviewed you in 2018, Tyron Woodley was the UFC welterweight champion of the world. Is that an actual stat? That, that is actual facts, right? So when you were sat in, getting interviewed by me three years ago, he was the champ. And he w- he then defended it after you fought against Deji, against Darren Till, and he looked unbelievable in that fight, to be fair to Tyron Woodley. I mean, it was a fucking amazing performance. Putting that into perspective, what does that make you think that when you started learning how to box only three years ago, he was the champion? Yeah, it's, I mean, bro, it's, to be honest, it's hilarious. Like, how do we get here? <laughs> And you and you have been there the whole entire time, which is it's so cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I always say, you know, this guy has been boxing longer than me, and so people, I'm, I'm like, how am I the favorite? How am I the betting favorite? This this is actually absurd to think about. Uh, and people say, fight a real boxer, fight a real boxer, fight a real boxer. This guy has been boxing for longer than me. He was the UFC champion. I always make the joke. He was UFC champion while I was doing like the Disney thing. Like 
Bro, you so, you you were you were training for Deji when he was the champion. <laughs> Deji, you've gone from Deji. No- if 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 I told you back then when you were sat on that table, we did that podcast. Oh, by the way, you're gonna fight Tyron Woodley in three fucking years. People aren't giving you enough credit for this. It it seems like the world has just adjusted mentally to oh, Jake Paul can fight it. it like, no, like, I get that people want to change their opinion because the facts have changed. Like, the, what you've done has changed. But everyone was slating you, and now all of a sudden you're the betting favourite against the welterweight champion, Tyron Woodley, who Joe Rogan said, and I respect him as much as anyone, top three welterweights of all time in the UFC. Yeah. This is legit as it gets, bro. This is as legit as it... I don't know. Uh, I feel it, like people give you a hard time. No, for sure, man. But, you know... That's what happens when there's a lot of eyeballs. There's also going to be a lot of critics. So I get it. I I understand people's point of view as well. And I do still think I have a lot of respect to gain from people because they haven't seen, you know, my full boxing ability. They haven't seen my ability to take a punch, Uh, you know, so I get where people are coming from. And, you know, we're just a few days away from August 29th. And I now get to show them what I've been working on. Hopefully, you know, people are like, Hey, what's going to happen? What's the prediction for your, f- for the fight? And I think I'm going to end it fast, but if I don't, then at least I get some experience under my belt. At least I'll be able to show, you know, how good of a fighter I am, show my inside fighting, show my combination, show my cardio. So I'm just, I'm, I feel like I'm just getting warmed up, but it's already at such a big level. It's crazy. No, nobody's really expecting this to end fast outside of your camp. I think a lot of people are looking at this going, now we're going to see the, what Jake Paul is made of because the path of resistance Tyron Woodley should put up, at very least they're expecting a couple of rounds where they can see more of your weaknesses. But do you think that the reason you're the favorite is just because of you've you've had an easy go of it in, in, in many people's eyes? They haven't had any damage and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that, and uh, I think people just seeing how seriously I take it and how dedicated I am to it and how I've turned my whole life into this, Mm -hmm. you know? People were so used to the Jake Paul, like, partying, you know, doing music videos, making YouTube videos, getting in trouble. I've shifted my whole entire life around uh, into just boxing, Mm -hmm. and I think people see that, and... I don't think people understand the mind state of what you were as well at that time. Is like, it isn't, you weren't just leading a chaotic lifestyle because it was fun. I mean, obviously that was part of it, but you knew if I make my life this way, it will help with content. I, I feel anyway that that's the way I always looked at you. Like you had a life that was conducive for entertainment. Now it's conducive to being a better fighter. No, for sure. You're spot on, you um, know. I, uh, you know, my life previously was built around uh, how do we entertain the world? Mm-hmm. If you filmed my life now for like, if I like was vlogging my life now, people would be like, this is the most boring shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What is he doing? Like, mm-hmm. he okay, he's going on a jog. Okay. He's in an ice bath. Okay. He's sparring. Oh. Okay. He's sleeping. Okay. We're yeah. done here. This ain't, this ain't daily vlogging uh, content right now. Uh, so let's go back to the Ben Askren fight. I mean, you won me $14,000 that night, right? Legit. This is no word of a lie. I knew you were going to fuck this guy up. And I put 
I won poker that the day before and I won seven grand and I put it all, I was going to put one on you and I was like, God, if I don't put the lot on, I'm going to regret this because I know he's going to win. So fuck it. So thank you for the money for a start. Jake, you, you smoked Ben, but there was, there was a fair bit of action beforehand that people sort of forget because it was that killer blow. When you look back at that fight and analyze it, what do you think? I think I was just getting warmed up to be honest, but from what I, what I was doing, I, I was striking good. You know, I was, I was doing all the right things in the moment that, you know, just getting really picky with myself. There's definitely things in that one minute, uh, one minute and a half round where I could have done better for sure. Uh, but, but again, that first round is usually just to feel the guy out and to see what's going on and to, uh, to see how they're moving, to see what punches they're throwing. Uh, you were very so disciplined. I, you know, that was what struck me is even though Ben isn't obviously known as the heavy hitter, you played the game how you should play the game, even despite what was in front of you. Yeah, for sure. I, I wanted to be smart and, you know, I didn't know what he, he was bringing to the table and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was training with Freddie Roach and Freddie Roach was like, this guy has more power than I thought, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I was just, I was just being smart and, and, Taking my time, which sounds funny, but <laughs> I, I, I really was. Um, yeah. There the was the body shot you hit him with that on reflection. I, I remember thinking that is a stinging shot. That that's the type of body shot that people would never expect from you. It was so, it was such a clever thing to do because he couldn't have he couldn't have took that and not have been thinking, oh fuck, I better watch out for that. And immediately you come over the top with the big right, and that's the end of him. And I, thank God the referee stopped it, by the way, because he was in no fit state to carry on. I, I was going to eat him alive if mm. the ref let him go. Oh, so, yeah, yeah the, ref, the ref did a good job. But, yeah, that body shot was really when the fight changed. I saw it in his eyes. You know, I, when I hit him, it, it, he flew back, mm -hmm. and it, it was like his eyes, like, popped out of his head almost. And that was his, his oh, shit moment for him. Uh, and, and the fight was over shortly thereafter. So, so let's analyze uh, Tyron Woodley because even though I think some people are looking at him like he's a, a washed up UFC fighter and if you kind of, all right, he, he lost a few fights in a row, but when, when you look at the murderer's row that Dana White put him on because the UFC were not Woodley fans, I think business-wise he, he may have been difficult to deal with, everyone he fought like after the Darren Till fight was top five welterweights he he hasn't become a journeyman by any stretch of the imagination in my opinion when you look at colby covington kamara Usman, you know gilbert burns and um vicente luke he, he put up a good fight against them all i mean he went the distance with Usman and, and almost the distance with covington for an injury if you go out and do what you say you're gonna do a lot of those welterweights are gonna have to look at you and go fuck like i didn't do that yeah, that's what I plan on saying in my post-fight win speech. It's like, look, after I finish him, is like, look, Kamara Usman, the big bad welterweight, couldn't even finish this guy, and I, I, I did. Um, and <laughs> so I think people will look at that and be like, oh man, what's going on here? What's yeah. happening, man? Yeah, it, it's it's going to be very difficult, I, I think, for a lot of the MMA crowd because they can't keep turning on the people who lose to you like you know what I mean like the, Tyron Woodley I feel like has earned a level of respect so 
they can't just go, oh, well, Woodley was trash. Like, no, no, Woodley ain't trash. Like, you, we can't, you can't just trash the guy just because he loses to you. And I feel like they're going to run out of excuses if, as you keep eating up these guys. And that's the goal, right? It yeah. is with each one of my opponents to grow the level of competition. And at some point, people aren't going to be able to say anything, you know? Yeah. My brother went eight rounds with Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> I think people were like, did not expect that oh, at bro, all. Bro, the, the way people were desperately trying to say anything, they were even like clipping parts of the fight where he was obviously putting his weight on Floyd as if he Floyd knocked him out and then helped him up. It's like Floyd was trying everything he had to get this guy out of there. No, I it, saw it firsthand. He, Floyd was pissed. Mate, yeah. I could see it like ringside. He, he was swinging hard, mm-hmm. doing all these like dirt, dirty little tricks. Um, and, and by the end of the, you know, seventh and eighth rounds, he was like yelling at the referee and, you could yeah. tell he was doing everything he could. There's that clip of him in the corner where his 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 cornerman says, "Work the job," and he's like, "It's hard to hit him, really hard to hit him." You know, so I think you two are, are victims of the same thing, though. You two could cure cancer, and people would be like, "Yeah," but someone was going to do it. Like you, you, you're just not going to get credit, really. So, uh, what do you feel like when you when you've been studying Tyron Woodley's career? What do you see? Um, you know, he is always on his back foot, sort of mm-hmm. up against the cage, sort of striking, moving backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like one thing we, we've noticed a lot of. And uh, he's quite passive, surprisingly, when you think of the fact that he knocked people out. Yeah, he, exactly. He's like waiting for that one punch, being very patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, those are the, those are the, some of the things we're picking up on. Um, but Personally, look, I don't that, think that bodes MMA. well. I don't think that bodes well for boxing because, uh, you know, with that four-ounce glove, you you know, you can allow the other guy to get a lead on you and start. But those shots, those they build up in a boxing match when it's about more about volume, I think. And uh, he's going to have to be a lot more aggressive with you, in my opinion. And I don't think that's in his nature, whereas it is in your nature. And I do feel like he's a little too happy to let the other guy lead the dance. And that's some of the, the worst things I'm saying from him right now. You know, I've been in there with tougher guys than Woodley and they haven't been able to land those big, big punches on me. Mm-hmm. And so that, that builds a confidence in me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can hang in there with these guys who are faster and more skilled than Tyron, then I think the fight on August 29th should be easy. And that's that's my mentality. Train at a level higher than what your opponent is, uh, and the fight night becomes the easiest day of training camp. Yeah, if I if I was a, a Woodley uh, fan, my worry would be is uh, also I feel like if you get the lead on him and you start dominating, the likelihood of him turning it around is highly unlikely. He, once once his head goes down a little bit and fights, he, he stays in it. But I think he stays in it with a view of just don't get knocked out, just try and stay alive. He doesn't commit enough to really try and turn the fight around. And I think mentally, when I've seen you guys face to face, you seem to have an edge. Do you feel that when you're looking at him in his eyes? For sure, 100%. Uh, And I think that will only get exposed more during fight week. Mm -hmm. You know, as we get closer to the fight, you start to see people's like real, real emotions because you can – you could play a character, but even still, I, I saw a guy who was just like, 
I don't know how to describe it, but just not, not fully there in that, in those present moments uh, and not fully understanding what this fight is. The, The real telltale fight of Woodley's for me was that last one, Vicente Luque, where Everyone said, "Oh, you you have to come out a bit more aggressive. You you know this is the, this is it. If you don't win this one, you're getting cut." And he came out aggressive, but it wasn't smart aggression at all. It was just dumb, if I'm being brutally honest. And this is, and I'm not having a go at the guy because you know he's done great things, but for his standards, it was he went from one extreme being really passive to overly aggressive, and he got caught like quite easily. Even though he he was actually landing a fair bit up until that point. The legs were wobbly, like so bad. Like, did you see the way he was sort of like disco spinning towards the cage at one point? I mean, yeah, he uh, he he jumped in the he like bounced up like a gazelle, like yeah. with his leg bouncing and being being wobbly. Uh, and and like you said, he, he wasn't being smart at all. Mm. You know, he he was landing good punches, but then he was just taking a bunch. It was desperate, uh, and and that's the thing that you seem to be preying on a little bit is saying. Yeah, and you said that line to him of like, this is your last big payday. Do all the deals you can because there ain't nothing happening after this day. And I, I really felt like that landed. For, it's the truth, you know? <laughs> and I, and I, I meant it when I said it. Like, yeah. bro, do everything you can. This is your, this is your last payday. Mm. Because I think I'm insane, man. But like, I work so hard. and I've done everything right in this camp because I know what's at stake. And I know he is not working nearly as hard. I just know it. Yeah. I, and and it's a... It That's the X factor with you, I feel like. I, th- I, th- I think because when you don't know what it takes to be a, a level of YouTuber that you got to where it was the daily vlogging and the obses- obsession that you had with growing yeah. and, and becoming number one, when you apply that to other things that you're kind of you're always going to succeed to a degree. And I feel like what you're exposing more so than people saying, oh, it's the level of MMA striking. I think you're exposing a lot of fighters out there think they train hard, but they probably don't actually. And and, and the gro- the growth that we're seeing with you is, is I think, exposing that you're just obsessed and that's what you're achieving right now because of that hard work. 100%. Like, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, you know, I, I think I work harder than 99.9% of the fighters out there. I think I'm in that highest percentile just based off of what I've seen. And yeah. I think I have to be because of the expectation and the standard that, you know, I have to live up to. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, I spar some of these pros. I, I'm going on jogs with some of these pros, you know, they come in, we do our thing. They come out. They go out. They're done. I keep on sparring. I hit abs. I hit neck. I'm stretching afterwards. I jog home. I'm doing the ice bath, the recovery. Like I'm going, the, doing the extra mile every single day, even when no one's watching. Are you feeling more like a fighter now that this is becoming more routine and that you're? Is this becoming normality a bit more? For sure. I don't. I honestly don't even remember what it's like to not be a fighter. Uh Uh, I think that moment hit me when in the Ben Askren fight in the locker room before my coach BJ was like, Hey guys, get used to this. This is what we do now. And I was like, damn, he's right. Yeah. 
this is what we do now. Like before the Deji fight, I'd get like nervous and I was so excited and like, what am I doing? And then, oh, and then the Gibb fight, cool. And then the Nate Robinson fight, cool. And then the Ben Asker fight's like, bro, we really just do this now. This is our job. Um, and so I think having that point of view of like, I am a fighter and this is my job now. And this is all I've known for the past two years. It, it helps me so much. Uh, in the lead up to these fights uh, where, where I think a lot of people like Tyron or some other fighters, they, they might be getting nervous when there's, when it's the biggest fighter of their career coming up for me, I'm just like, bro, this is what I do. This is what I train for. This is, this is my moment. This is my time. In terms of jeopardy, who do you think has, has got more to lose here? Uh, me, bro, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, high but high risk high reward you know it if tyron loses it's like yeah well you know at least he got paid and mm-hmm. you know he had a good career but this is it for him and uh you know <laughs> blah 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 what else whatever else they're gonna say and then it, with me it's like laughing stock of the internet like this guy was a phony. Every fighter is going to come out of the woodworks and be like, ha, ha, ha. We knew this was just a temporary thing, blah, blah, blah. So there's way more for me to lose. How does it feel to be signed to Showtime now? Because that, to me, is one of the things that I don't think people are grasping the levels that you've gone to. I mean, Trilla, you know, it was it was entertaining and it was nice for what it was. But this is this means you're, you're proper now to me. Bro, this is insane. It, like, it's it's a dream come true. When I signed the deal with them, I was like, how is this real? Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, they're the biggest name in boxing mm-hmm. right now. And to, and to be partnered with them is, is, is massive. And it just shows you, you know, the level that this has gotten to and mm-hmm. the level that it still can reach. You know, we're, we're talking about, Tyron Woodley now, I, I would, you know, don't be surprised if we're sitting here back on this podcast in two years and we're like, yeah, so you're 10 days away from Canelo and with Showtime and you're, you're getting paid $100 million for this fight. What's that like? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's very possible. So it's just crazy that, like, yeah. I've taken that first step in that direction to make this a possibility and uh, it's a dream come true. Of course, what one of the people Tyron brought in for a little bit of his camp was Floyd Mayweather. Um, a, what do you think about that? And B, there's a relationship there with Floyd and Showtime and everything that just went down with your brother. Do you see that being a potential fight for yourself? Uh, I don't think I'll ever fight Floyd. I think he realized like he should probably retire. And I don't want to do exhibitions. That's what people, you know, I, I'm doing the real pro fights with commissions and it goes on your record. Um, so that that's my interest. And Floyd won't want to do that with me. I think his time is up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think it's bad for Tyron to be training with Floyd. You know, he's bouncing around coaches going – here learning something going here learning something going over here learning something and then you never really actually progress at any of those things and then it almost becomes a negative it'd be better to train with one coach get good at what he's teaching you and stick to that you put the bet on him the first time about his purse 
Uh, he wouldn't do that. He started, you know, I'll beat your ass. And uh, and then you put it on him about the tattoo. He said yes to the tattoo. What made you think of that? What What was the thinking? I just wanted to keep on pressuring him to see what bet, at what point does his confidence, you know, equal the equal whatever the bet is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just like, I'm going to keep on coming up with bets until this guy takes one of them. Uh, he um, definitely didn't want to take that one either. Like it, it felt really reluctant. Exactly. He was like, should I, should I do it? What do you guys think? I'm like, bro, what, like, are you not confident in yourself? I, I think it would have been better if he had said like, Dude, I'm a real fighter. We don't do that sort of thing. The way he answered it is like asking the crowd their opinion. I think that really showed a sign of, I don't know what to say here, you know? Yeah, it's it's those little signs of weakness that, I, that I've been picking up on. Because if, by the way, like whatever bet he wants to do, I'll take it. So yeah, that's very clear. Like, let's, let's go. Let's do you go. think he would he would stick to his word if you beat him? Or would you I even want him to? Would at, at that point would you want? Would you be demanding? I want to say this fucking tattoo. Yeah, hundred percent. I have a tattoo. I have a tattoo artist. One of the biggest tattoo artists in the world, uh, Tattoo Baby, is uh, is coming to the fight. No, and she has her equipment. And so after the fight, I'm sending her to his locker room to get it done. I swear. Dude, you are. You're dark, but I like it. I, this is fucking, this is entertainment. And that's what people forget is boxing is entertainment first, sport second, in my opinion. You've, you've been training hard. I've seen some footage of you and the real deal, Evander Holyfield. And that, I mean, what is it like to be in the gym with a legend like that? It almost feels like I'm in a boxing movie or something. Like, Mm -hmm. it's hard to describe, but it's surreal. Um, I mean, you've literally got Sylvester Stallone talking about you. Like, the guy who played Rocky is watching (laughs) your movie play out now. That, that, that is crazy. That yeah. was another moment where I'm like, what's happening here? That, that was one of my like bucket list items, like crossed off, yeah. uh, bro, like what? And, and he like knew about all my fights and like knew my skills and was like, he should fight McGregor. That was like a, such a crazy moment to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, all, all that does is it proves your point in it. Like, Obviously, the numbers don't lie, but when people like that start talking, it's like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone ain't talking about like any other fucking fights. He ain't talking about really. You and McGregor are the most talked about fighters in the game right now, and that is insane to me. You could argue Logan as well, obviously. Yeah, no, that that's that's crazy. Mm. Like to even hear you say that, you know, you're like I, you're such a credible person and like know the internet know the game know the business and mm-hmm. the views don't lie that. bro if i if i do a video about you with you at uh, old mcgregor that's hands down the top two that's crazy mm. <laughs> hey let's go baby <laughs> man respect me you, you, you've done it despite i know people will say oh you're sucking them off to, uh, to me in the comments i don't give a fuck like i just say how it is and the facts are the facts so Credit to you, you've been working hard, bro, and that dedication's paying off. And one of the things I've seen that came out in the last week was a former coach of Tyron Woodley, Faraz Sahabi, who I previously mentioned to you in the last show we did, who picked against you, I think, last time. Um, he's come out and picked against you again, and he's also said, which this really pissed me off, actually, he thinks you're on performance enhancers. 
Uh, I don't know if you've seen this comment from him. He didn't at any point say why in terms of why he thinks, like he never said he looks a certain way. He just said, oh, those guys, you know, it's boxing. And I just thought to, to have no basis to say that really shocked me. But I wanted to know how it feels for you to have that labeled at you. Yeah, I look at it as a compliment, right? Mm. These MMA guys are running out of excuses on why their guys are losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to, to make a claim like that out of nowhere just shows like it, he should, he should be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my manager texted me that I woke up in the morning and he was like, uh, George St. Pierre's coach is saying that you're using PEDs mm-hmm. FYI. And I was like, I, so I literally swiped my phone up went to safari and i googled what are p what's peds and i i swear to god like i swear my mom's life Uh and it says performance enhancing drugs i'm like oh my god like Mm -hmm. these guys these guys are trying to do anything at this point to discredit me to make me look stupid or to make any excuse and the and what the the crazy part about it is like dude these are real pro fights like we get drug tested so Mm How can you even make this claim? Like, he, he you know, it's clock. Well, his, his point, the guy his, when I watched class. the video, his point was that, oh, it's not as stringent as the UFC testing. But, you know, my point to, to return to that would be do your fucking research. Like, how old are you, Jake? Uh, 24. Right. You're, you're, you're a very young guy. Okay. Since I've known you, your, your physical body, obviously it's changed a very small amount from all of the, uh, the training that you've done, but it's hardly like you've packed on 20 pounds of muscle. Like, you, you know, you, you're getting fitter, you're getting stronger, but your body, your physique. And I know that, look, there's some stuff that it doesn't show up or whatever, but to me, I just think it's so unfair to label that at a kid who is, performing and doing everything he can he doesn't you don't look in any way like you're you're much like you know um conor mcgregor or any of these guys that you've barely changed physically and just throw that out there with no evidence to support it i think is so he should be better than that is is a man who who worked with george st pierre who in the period where the ufc was drugged up the fuck george st pierre was the biggest and strongest welterweight but he was drug free, apparently, you know. Yeah. And George CMBA campaigned <laughs> forever for for Usada. The minute Usada came into the UFC, he left. Then then he came back for one fight. He's said, you know what I mean. So if you live in a glass house, don't throw stones to me. I, I was really, as a friend of you, I was a bit pissed off at that because I'm like, this kid, they're trying to take it away from him before he's even beat Tyron Woodley. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're running out of excuses and. Look, I, I appreciate you having my back because it, it is funny, man. It's like, bro, I, I'm over here eating like ice cream, uh-huh. you know, and these guys are accusing me of fucking <laughs> doing pee, yeah. like PEDs. I'm like, bro, I, I literally have a, uh, what's it called? Uh, a drumstick, a vanilla fudge drumstick yeah. waiting for me after my run tonight. Like yeah. all these these boxers are like, like don't eat junk food. I'm like, bro. I'm packing on some fat because I'm going to drive that fat through Tyron's skull. <laughs> like, this bro, is- that's what gives me my power is the Ohio milk. Yeah. Like, I grew up eating shit food and pizza. Yeah. Like, 
it's funny man but but this is the thing you've you've always been an athlete you've always been athletic and and like as someone who's watched mma for years where you can you could spot a lot of the juice heads the you know the the veto belforts you know people like that you could see the acne all over them the definition in their body like you've showed zero signs of any of this so yeah i wanted to bring that up because i was pissed when i when i seen such a well-respected guy talking that much shit in terms of the MMA world, anyway, um, as always, they're always talking about you, and uh, you, you know, you've um, you brought up a few things. One of those being fight a pay. Now, um, I, I wanted to touch on this because I think you've been winning some people over with this, and it's it's quite interesting to see people go fuck. Like this guy yeah. is using his voice to speak out on our behalf when the people who we we need to speak out on our behalf as fighters, the Conor McGregor's of this world, ironically, sit silent as long as they're taken care of. But you're actually trying to be a bit of a voice for fighters. What made you want to go that route? Look, I mean, I, I, I see something that's wrong and in, in the system and I didn't like it. Uh, you know, I see how hard these fighters work. I know how hard it is to be a fighter. I know how expensive it is to be a fighter. And when I just see this tyrant in Dana White, just controlling these fighters like puppets and making them do whatever, stripping belts, not giving them the fights they want, not paying them what they want. I'm like, bro, fuck this guy. And it became like a personal thing for me. Uh, and that's really how it started. And it, it was really like a snowball effect. It was like something that needed to be talked about for years and years and years that no one talked about. And then when I talked about it, everyone was like, yeah, like, yeah, more of this. And so I was like, cool, I, I'll be, I'll be the leader of this movement. No problem. Um, and, and I've always been for the fighters, like even on this card, all the fighters on this card, every single one of them, I made sure that it's the biggest payday of all of their careers. Uh, just, and that money is, it's coming out of my pocket at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, I, I've just always wanted to grow this sport and get it out there to more, more people. And that's really my mission. Interestingly, when you and Logan show up to the UFC, you get the VIP treatment. So despite everything that you've said, you still get treated better than a lot of the fighters under contract with the UFC. That's fucking hilarious when you think about it. It is, it is weird, you know, and, and it's side, it's a sideways thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dana White knows that it's going to be a talked about moment. So he wants us at these events yeah. and it's all media. It's all business. It's all sales. So, so one of the main quotes that you came up with recently was Conor McGregor, the most underpaid athlete you know of this generation and i i definitely don't disagree with that but i wanted to put together maybe just to give the the devil's advocate which is your situation where you've built up an audience and then transferred over to boxing you know you 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 did that on your own so so therefore the ufc will turn around and say you can take 90 percent of the profits because you brought that over when conor mcgregor came to the ufc no one knew who he was and we essentially helped make him and without us he'd still be on the dolan island that's why we get to take such a huge chunk of his cash uh, what would you say to that if you were in a sort of debate with Dana in person or whatever? Uh, I, I would just say like, 
is the amount you're taking still fair? Maybe at the beginning when you were both building each other up, then, okay, you take a big, take a big percentage. But since Connor has become five out of the top five biggest pay-per-views of UFC history, then, you know, you got to renegotiate yep. and Dana's not doing that. If he's got him locked up, yeah. he's not going to give him a better percentage. And so at some point, Conor McGregor outgrew the UFC by leaps and bounds and just brought so much value into the whole organization, top to bottom, and created billions of dollars of enterprise value in doing so. Yep. And so that that's why it's like, it's crazy to see that he's still at their mercy. He's still owned by them. He still can't do whatever he wants. And they're still taking whatever percentage that they were taking. That is the irony. Yeah. I mean, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. And I just wondered if that's what you would say, because um, the year that Connor had his champ champ year and he won the two titles, that was when the UFC was sold for $4 billion or whatever. And it was a hugely... He was a huge reason for that um, because he catapulted them. And I, I wonder if Connor's a little bit envious of you because you have so much freedom. And, you know, I've heard Jorge Masvidal and the like, you know, they talk about the situation of the UFC basically give you a 10-fight deal. When you when you become that way, it's like, all right, we'll give you more money, but you have to sign a 10-fight deal. So it's like you either sit on the sidelines and retire or you take the 10 fight deal for whatever money but you're locked in with them and there's no and that's what they seem to be doing right now with John Jones and Francis Ngannou fought in fucking March and he, he, him and Jones want to fight each other but they want the pay and they're like we're not fucking paying you you can both sit on the sidelines we'll just make a new champion and I, I, I as a fan it's fucking frustrating because Dana White's job is to give us the fights we want and because they won't give the fighters the the money they deserve we all end up sitting there and, and ironically, all this does is make you more of a main attraction because while we're sitting there waiting for a heavyweight title fight, you're making all of this fucking noise in boxing. No, a hundred percent. And that's why it sucks. It sucks for the fighters mm. because they're the ones, you know, th that are suffering from this. And I think we'll see a new era now, hopefully moving forward with fighters get smarter. They don't sign into long contracts and, we just see a change. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's what I'm hoping for. But in the meantime, I'm pumping these fights out for sure. <laughs> yes, bro. <laughs> yes. Um, well, Conor McGregor, we talked about him before. Uh, obviously, you've seen the Dustin Poirier fight. I've seen you send Dustin the Sleepy McGregor chain. Um, again, you, uh, I've seen a lot of fighters who previously I'd watched people like Michael Bisping's podcast and when you did that, like people were like, damn, I get it now. This kid is really funny. Like, and I think it was genius that, but what did you think of the fight? Um, it, embarrassing on so many levels for, for Connor, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's just on this downward spiral that he can't seem to, to break out of. And I think it's because of the partying being drunk half the time and, and really losing the, the motivation that he once had, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you, you see him losing fans. Now mm. people are, people are sort of sick of the, of the person he's becoming. Uh, and at some point, you know, the shit talk is cool and being disrespectful can get you more fans and people like it and they get riled up and they choose a side. 
but to be sitting there with like a broken leg, you know, and calling his wife, Dustin's wife names and saying he's going to murder him, you know, at some point it's just like, all right, all right, guy, like your time's up. You've lost, you know, however many fights in a row now and, when the actions don't match the threats, uh, which is ironically what gave Connor his stardom, which he would say, I'm going to do this and then do that. Like when you're lay there, broken leg, you just had the shit beaten out of you. It's hard to look like the tough guy. You just look silly. Exactly. He, he looks dumb, whereas he could have been like a man and just been like, yeah, fuck, I just got my ass kicked. I got a broken leg. And, and he would gain more fans from that. Yeah. And, what do you think the, about the denial? You yeah, know, he's just in denial. What do you think about all that? Because you know, um, it, previously, obviously, the Nate Diaz loss and other losses, it, he had well, mainly the Nate Diaz loss. He he took it like a man, and even after the last loss against Dustin, he did. But this time, it's it's like excuses, and I mean, he's always had the odd little excuse, but now it's just as if, oh, Doctor Stoppage, Doctor Stoppage, and all of it. Like, what do you make of all of that? It's a guy who was king for so long. And he's been dethroned and his ego can't handle it. And you just see this short guy. You see the real Conor McGregor come out mm-hmm. uh, and his identity is, is broken. And he, he, he's just holding on for dear life mm-hmm. and his ego is taking a hit and he doesn't like it. Mm. And that's what, that's what you see here. Yeah. It feels like the, the money and stuff like that is it, 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 kind of out of touch with reality. And even in terms of his fighting ability, um, you know, he's been having a go at people like Daniel Cormier, who is 100 pounds heavier than him. <laughs> Michael Bisping, probably around the same. Um, you know, um, just saying how Cormier is a fat mess and saying things about Bisping and all these other things. And... Uh, Actually, Bisping made a very good reply, which was, I don't know what he's deleting more, his tweets or his legacy. Yeah, it, it, it just I just wonder, are you still interested in a Connor fight? Uh, for sure. You know, I, I think it's still a massive fight. I still think it's one of the biggest fights that could happen, you know, in the fight world today. Um, but, you know, if he keeps on this path, it's like, it's it's just not gonna it's just not gonna look good for him, especially you know he I, he's going down, I'm going up. So yeah. th- that's that's the thing is like by the time he comes better? back, it it may feel like a mismatch, and that's the crazy thing. No, a hundred percent, and and that's it's funny when I first call him out, people are like, "He'll kill you, he'll kill you." It's easy, and like. Now, I, I think Tyron Woodley is a harder fight than McGregor. I agree. I agree. I said this on a, fi- uh, a video recently. I said if he if, if Jake goes out there and smokes Tyron Woodley, really, in, in terms of actual competition, the, we know what's happening in the McGregor fight, if, he ever, if you ever get that. Because Woodley is bigger, stronger. He, you could argue he's even more explosive than McGregor, actually. Um if if he if his punches don't hurt you and you can get through that, then I don't see how McGregor could drop you. Exactly, we're, we're thinking we're thinking on the same wavelengths mm. here. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, man. But I have to take care of business. Uh, you know, Sunday, August 29th, and and the the history will write itself. What is your prediction for when McGregor does return to the sport? How do you see? Because he thinks he's going to walk into a title fight or whatever. Like, how do you see the the, the basically the end of Connor's career in the UFC? 
I think he'll come back again and, and get pummeled in the first round again, <laughs> to be honest. I, I really do. Uh, his chin seems to be gone. Like, even before the leg break, he was already, like, he was already getting his ass kicked. Yeah, that's that's the thing that he's sort of trying his best to not acknowledge is he's, he's saying things about the leg and whatever, but... Ultimately, when Dustin started putting it on him, he clinched first and he, he had to go for the guillotine because Dustin was taking him down and, and then that was just non-stop ground and pound. And as I, I'm a, I've been a big fan of Connor and I'm just sort of, like you say, I'm sort of done. You know, I, I just feel like if he took that like a man and shook Dustin's hand, I'd have been like, yeah, fair play. No, I, you know, but when you can't admit you've just been beaten, it, it, it you get sick of that as a fan. It's a lack of reality. Um, it's like the boy who cried wolf. You can only, you can only, you know, say so much to the point where it just becomes annoying at some point, no matter who you are. You've uh, you've given a bit of a hit list recently, uh, which I find very fascinating, and I know. There's there's some names on this list that really seem to trigger people. Uh, I'm looking specifically at people like Canelo and Javonta Davis. Um, what made you put them on the list? Um, you know, I think where this is heading, <laughs> I've just set a goal of, I think, becoming a world champion just for fun. And, and <laughs> I love the way you word that shit. That's going to piss so many people off. <laughs> but it, it would just be hilarious. Like, oh, yeah. Everyone said he couldn't do it, so he just, I just do it just, just to prove everyone wrong and just be like, yeah, I'm a world champion, like whatever. Like, yeah, I do this, this, and this. But um, Canelo and Jake Paul just seems like a fight to, to make because – He's been in there the past two times with guys who are good on paper, but who I believe don't bring the same level of a fight that I can bring to Canelo. Uh, you know, I have a size advantage, and by the time that fight happens, I will be 10 times better than where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. You know, Canelo can only get incrementally better at this point in his career, whereas I can get exponentially better. Um, so I, I see that being a huge, a huge fight from the business side of things. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's, there's only a couple massive names in, in boxing and uh, he, he's one of them. Um, I mean, the Billy Joe Saunders fight was interesting because Billy Joe obviously looked pretty good and then inevitably got, got caught. But um Billy Joe doesn't hit hard. Like, that's just the reality of it. You know what I mean? Um, and, and these guys are, what, fighting at 168, right? Yeah. So, you know, you get Canelo in there with me at, you know, whoever knows, who knows what weight class we would fight at. Uh, but there's going to be a very, very big difference in size. Uh, and I, I truly believe I'll put up a better fight than Billy Joe Saunders. You know, am I a better boxer than Billy Joe Saunders? You know, time will tell. But sometimes, you know, in this sport, you just got to make it a dogfight. And you the, the, the boxing skill goes out of the window and it turns into something different. It turns into heart. It turns into will. It turns into determination. And uh, that's where I think Billy, that's where he, that's where he lost the fight. 
and I understand to, to, to a lot of people watching this, they'll think you're deluded and crazy and, and all of that shit. Uh, but, I, you know, at this point, I stopped thinking that you were that quite a while ago. Um, because, you know, and, and I think it's healthy to shoot for the moon uh, because even if you don't get the goal that you're going for, like how far you'll go will be so much higher than if you just aimed halfway up the ladder, you know? And I don't think people are quite understanding that about you, but I guess that's because the way you're built. It, it, no, exactly. You know, people think things are impossible, maybe mm -hmm. for them, but I'm willing to find out. I'm willing to fail. I'm willing to make mistakes. I'm willing to be proved wrong uh, and then fight back from there and, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> and try and win still. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's why you throw the way you do as well, because you can only knock people out the way you have when you're not, fr not afraid to be knocked out yourself. A hundred percent. You, the, the scared fighter never wins. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have to, you have to go in there. Uh, and and be the hammer, not the nail. Um, and what's training been like for this fight then? We we've really you know kept it pretty consistent with how every camp has been. Mm -hmm. uh, we've just added a few you know different workouts, a few things that you know I, I've learned to like more. Like I I, I liked swimming a lot in this camp. Because uh, for me, like getting in the ocean and swimming felt a lot like the fight. It feels a lot like sparring. Yeah, I can imagine, bro. Because sometimes but, it feels like you're it's going for you, and other times you're fucking struggling. No, seriously. Yeah. Like you'll be in the ocean swimming, you're getting your breath, you're getting your breath, and then like the wave comes, <laughs> hits you, you, you lose your breath. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, you're underneath. Like, you know, it, it's really difficult. So I, I really like that this camp, which was something new we, we were working on. And uh, but everything else has been good. It's the same old down here in Puerto Rico focused uh, as ever. There's no distractions down here. So I've gotten to do every single thing right. And before, even if I was in Vegas or Miami, there's still some distractions there that pop up. One thing I've noticed about you is when you throw shots, look, I'm not I'm not saying you've got perfect technique in regards to like Billy Joe Saunders or someone like that, for example. But for where you're at, your technique is fantastic. For how long you've been boxing, uh, one of the reasons I've got to imagine is BJ Flores. And, um, you know, what is the relationship like with him? Because now it's been a, a couple of years and surely a lot of what he's been teaching you now is really sinking in. And how is he helping you grow as a person and a fighter? It's, it's, uh, it's unreal, dude. Like our relationship is amazing. Uh, and it's, and it's quite literally a blessing, you know, he's been such a guiding light through this whole entire process. Mm -hmm. And exactly like you said, you know, at first you start slow and you start to pick up on little things. And then you get to a point where, you can learn faster. Everything flows off of the other thing and you can actually implement the things you're learning into sparring. Um, and so, you know, he, he's been the, the major key in, in my skill and, and just my boxing knowledge, learning the sport, understanding the sport, loving the sport, uh, watching the sport. You know, I, I feel as if now, if I became a trainer, I'd be able to be a trainer, like a legitimate trainer, yeah. just based off of how much boxing knowledge I have now.
I, I, I seen you training some of the kids on the charity day that you put together. How did it feel to have that day with them and um, do that? It was, bro, such a dream come true. You know, I've always wanted to get to a place in life where I'm able to give back mm-hmm. and fight for something I believe in. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, isn't he a bully? Like, yeah, I was a bully, you know, and uh, I realized it wasn't cool. And I think it's a huge problem in our generation and more so that even the younger generation of kids being able to log on to Twitter from a unanimous, anonymous, anonymous, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter name and rip people apart, bully people. It's, it sucks. It sucks to see. Um, and so, yeah, it's my mission to be live, leave an impact and to help fight back against bullying. And I, I see stuff where people are like, when I call out fighters now, they're like, Oh, well, I thought you have a foundation to like, not be a bully. Like, bro, I'm calling a grown ass man <laughs> and saying like, I'll beat him up. Like oh, this is, this isn't bullying. This is like part of my job. This is part of the, the business. Should kids should random kids be bullying each other? No. Should can boxers insult each other? Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's been it's been really good to to see and uh, and it's very fulfilling. You know, I got a lot out of that mm-hmm. that day. And when you, you they say when you give, you get, mm-hmm. and it's the most true thing ever. And I think it's healthy that you admit that you were a bully yourself at one point because everyone's got the sub story. Everyone, you know, everyone's a victim these days, but not everyone's willing to admit that they were, you know, the guy in the wrong. And seeing someone with your fame say, yo, I fucked up, I did this, you know, with so many people who look up to you, I think it's great that you've 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 held and look, who hasn't said something shitty or done something shitty before in the past like that? So good on you, mate. Thank you, man. Yeah. No, exactly. And it's and it's recognizing that, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes people don't even think that they're bullying. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't even realize it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's and that's what I want to spread awareness on. Like, I'm sure there's people in the comments roasting each other on this exact video. <laughs> just think, just think twice. Just think twice before you send something out there into the internet, because even though it's digital, those words are very real and they can affect people for the rest of their lives. Do, do you not think, though, that for me anyway, you know, when other YouTubers take shots at me or people leave comments or fans or whatever, when, when you know you could knock fuck out of most people who say this shit, if, if not every single one of them, it, responding and getting into that bullshit, it's so... Like, you must look back at the things you used to do and be like, fuck, if that was me now, I wouldn't even reply. I'd just walk right, right over the guy and give him a good fucking, you know. For sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. And that's, but that's part of the, the foundation is like, mm. if you become confident enough through the sport of boxing, which is what I did, mm-hmm. which is how I gained a lot of confidence, start boxing. It's going to grow your confidence to the point where even if you are getting bullied, then you probably you don't really care. I could give a shit what people say about me now yeah. because I've gotten to this point. But it took me a while yeah. to get to that place, and boxing helped me get to that place. So that is part of the foundation of why I think more people should box because you know someone could say something, but you're just in the back of your head. You're like, yeah, I would beat this guy up. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm totally there, bro. Like, it, it, and obviously, I, I've always been a big guy, but in, in but boxing especially when you get in a ring 
and you're getting the crap beaten out of you by someone who is a tough guy, who is a hard guy, and you realize, like, hey, I'm, I'm made of strong stuff, mate, you know, and it makes you re-evaluate how you even see the world, um, which ironically is why I call this podcast The Pain Game, because uh, the coach I was with at the time told me, you know, there's only one way to learn, and that's to go through pain. Um, and once you do, you start saying everything a bit a bit more maturely, ironically, which, you know, fighting's supposed to be something we're not supposed to do. But I think it's the most natural thing in the world, weirdly. 100%, man. Yeah. What's the most common misconception that you think people have of you? Um, you know, I think the media has painted, like, a very bad image of Jake Paul just through the different controversies and scandals and things I've been through. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I was just thinking about this the other day where I genuinely from the bottom of my heart in 99.9% of those situations, I am innocent as fuck. <laughs> and like, I, I, I literally am getting framed or it's making me look bad or whatever. I, I don't want to say 99%, probably like 80% of those. Good save. I will good say, save. like, bro, I, my career has been filled with so much fake shit and fake yeah. media about me. Yeah. And all these scandals are just people lying. Mm-hmm. B- team 10 members leave. Like all of it's just like one fucking big lie about me. But the reason why is because it turned into this snowball effect where, oh, anything we say about Jake Paul, people are just going to assume it's true because he's got such a bad image already. We could literally say anything. People are like, yeah, I bet that asshole did that. <laughs> yeah, it's so and, true. And, bro, like, the, for example, the most recent thing, it's like the FBI raids my house. People are like, this guy's up to some shit. This guy, but he's a drug dealer. He's blah, 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 like whatever. Bro, I didn't do a single fucking thing and they raid my house. And I'm sitting there like... This is crazy. I'm the most innocent person in the world. And they just happen to be in my house. And sure enough, sure enough, months, a year later, they drop all the charges. Yeah. Everything's all good. Like, of course, because I didn't do shit. And I feel like that's the story of my life. Yeah. This person says that this person says that this controversy, this scandal, we hate him here. This person said all of it's a fucking lie. Yeah. So to answer your question, like somehow I am such a, like, I'm a good fucking guy. I know that no one can take that away from me. And somehow through the years, I have just been slapped like a bitch in the face with the media and people just think of me as like a certain way. And it just, it's not who I am. Unfortunately, I'll admit I was cringe. I'll admit I've done some stupid shit, made some stupid videos. I've, I've, you know, gotten into trouble here and there, but and I've tried to learn from that, but like a lot of it is just. Yeah. I, I tell people this when people ask me about you and I say, yeah, actually the, you're, you're seeing a, a fucking very small window of who Jake Paul is. And when he's hanging out with you, he's chill and just a totally different guy to when he's entertaining on camera, because that is, that's time to show up. That's time to turn the volume up. But you know, like anyone, like you say, your life right now is just chill. You're doing your work and that, and it ain't it ain't what people think. So I appreciate you saying that, and I know people will try and you know contradict you and all of that. But I I get your point, and it's 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 similar for I think masculine YouTubers especially when someone tries to pin something on you, it sticks a lot easier. If that makes sense, you know. 
Um, Trust me, I know. Yeah, when you're not the the victim type of guy and you're not easily viewed as a victim, it's very hard to get sympathy. (laughs) You know, no matter what happens to you, fuck you. That's what people say. Um, Exactly. Okay, okay. So just to round this up, bro, I really appreciate the time. I know you're training hard. Um, how do you envisage the Tyron Woodley fight going? Um, I think I think it'll be a short night. My, my goal is to get out, get him out of there in less than three rounds. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna, you know, come out, be pretty sharp, um, and, and try to assess what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But that'll be too much for him. Uh, to, to even realize what he's got himself into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'll hurt him in the first round. He'll make it back to the corner, be like, oh, shit. Second round, I'll probably knock him down. He'll get back up. Um, and, and then the third round, he, he just won't be able to with, withstand the damage anymore. I think as long as you establish the job early on, he's fucked, to be honest with you. Um, I think he's fast, and, and he, he's got some nice moves, but ultimately... As long as you you watch out for that right and you keep hammering him with the jab and then you know do your thing where you load where you get him with the right hand, I just don't see how he can handle. The, I, when I watch the performances in his last fights and I see the power that you have and I see what's hurt him recently, I I yeah. say I agree with you. And I, look, I, I know people might think I'm fucking sucking you off and all of that shit, but. You know I've been honest with you, and when you fucked up, when you said, you know, we, we've always had that kind of situation. So, but I really believe that this is another W coming to you, mate. And uh, you know, good, good on you. Good luck to you. I appreciate it so much, man. And uh, keep, keep killing it. I, uh, I hope everything's well in your life, bro. No, I appreciate you, man. And uh, I'll let you go, and hopefully we'll catch up afterwards, and uh, I'll get a little recap from you when you're uh, making the next big fight. Let's do it, bro. All All right. right. Take care, bro. And that was Jake Paul on episode one of the Pain Game podcast. Thanks to everyone who's been supporting us fucking so much lately. I really appreciate all the love you lot give us. I couldn't do this without you, uh, honestly. And with this, I just wanted to create something that was separate from the regular podcast where I could do shorter interviews, catch up with some fighters I know, pre-fight, post-fight, meet you know, new fighters I haven't interviewed yet where I can do a lot more specific to the fight they've got coming up. And and I'll keep the True Geordie podcast for like the long life story stuff where we get, you know, sometimes fighters, sometimes, you know, just lifestyle stuff like that. And this is going to be a lot more focused on fighting, MMA, boxing and the like. So I really hope you lot enjoy this. There's going to be plenty more coming out on the main channel. You can also listen to it, Spotify, iTunes. So if you haven't already, Hit the like button, subscribe. Hope you enjoy this, and I'll see you later.